0: In Jamaica, sound systems are more than just a stack of speakers blasting the latest tunes to an eager crowd. Over the last 70 years, they have come to represent the most common way that Jamaicans experience music. Sound systems have given rise to a subculture that touches all levels of society. They reflect the experience of ordinary Jamaicans and profoundly influence their musical tastes, as well as their daily lives. Meanwhile, beyond the shores of Jamaica, well, sound systems have also transformed music in diaspora communities and even the popular culture of nations overseas. and
1: sound hey, for sound in a
0: Hello, I'm Georges Collinet with you on another hip-deep edition of Afropop Worldwide from PRX. On today's program, Ring the Alarm, a history of sound system culture. We're going to explore the evolution of the sound system in Jamaica and abroad. And to tell us more, here is our co-presenter, David Katz, author of Solid Foundation, an oral history of reggae. David and co-producer Saxon Baird recently spent time in Jamaica investigating the roots of the island's all-important sound system culture.
2: Sound systems first appeared in Jamaica in the years following World War II process was gradual and had different catalysts, and the technician and musician Hedley Jones was among the most noteworthy participants. At his humble home on a Montego Bay backstreet, we found Mr. Jones in great shape at the age of 99. Surrounded by ancient electronic equipment, Jones explained that he built the first electric guitar in Jamaica in 1940, and still has the original Jamaica Gleaner article to prove it. Jones also designed and built the amplifiers used by many of the first Jamaican sound systems, not unlike the ones that still sit in his compact front room. As he explained, sound systems emerged in response to the detrimental effect the war had on Kingston's previously thriving big band jazz scene.
3: The sound system era started at my record shop using the Jones High Fidelity amplifier of 1947. I got back to Jamaica in '46. By the time I got to Jamaica, most of the bands and orchestras in Kingston became casualties of the war.
2: big bands catered to visiting tourists and the light-skinned upper-class elite. But the downtown businessmen that began playing rhythm and blues records at public functions kept their entry prices low, generating most of their profits through liquor sales.
3: There were two men in Kingston at the time that hired TA systems for the purpose of bands. Count Nicholas was the first one and Count is the second one.
2: Dances were soon held at civic venues such as the Young Men's Progressive and the Success Club, or open air venues like Jubilee Tile Gardens and Chocomo Lawn. Tom Wong's sound system was the first to rise to prominence, achieving the feat with the help of a Headley Jones amplifier obtained in 1948. Wong later became known as Tom the Great Sebastian after the title of a popular Hollywood film.
3: One of the P.A. system operators by the name of Tom Wong, who had a small hardware store, acquired one of my amplifiers. And he named the amplifier a sound system. So that's where the name sound system was derived. An apprentice of mine, after he acquired this system, called him the Great Sebastian. So just just out of uh,
2: being a little witty, the early sound systems typically used horn-shaped stainless steel loudspeakers associated with PA systems, hung in the trees for maximum exposure, until a certain Roy Johnson devised the oversized wooden speaker box known as House of Joy.
3: He was a salesman for and Geddes, the original owners of Red Stripe beer. Roy Johnson was his name. He's the man who made some much bigger ones and call it House of Joy. And he based it nowhere, just from home, he wasn't really interested in hiring his sound. He was more interested in reproducing the music closer to how the original bands would sound. I used um, Celestian speakers from London, 18-inch, as a matter of fact, I was the first person to acquire some 18 speakers in Jamaica. As a matter of fact, when I imported the speakers from London, I was told by the suppliers that it's only Jamaica and South Africa by that size speakers. Got a girl, her name is Mumble Mums. She can't speak a word, but she's sure ain't dumb. She says, mum, 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 um, you're my desire. <laughs> Don't you know, pretty baby? She sets my soul on fire.
2: By the early 1950s, the sound system was firmly entrenched in the Jamaican music scene. Sounds like Waldron, Deans, Lord Coos, Doc's Thunderstorm, Sir Cavaliers and V-Rocket kept dancers sweet in particular Kingston neighborhoods, along with sets like Mellow Canary in country districts. But a handful of sound systems were jockeying for top position in the capital.
0: Well, aside from Tom the Great Sebastian, there was Duke Reed, the Trojan, run by former policeman Arthur Reed, Sir Coxone's Downbeat, run by Reed's friend and rival, the cabinet maker Clement Dodd, and King Edward's The Giant, run by mechanic Vincent Edwards and his older brother George. Prince Buster's Voice of the People also proved formidable once Buster broke away from Sir Coxone. of these top sound systems was judged by the music it played and the way that music was presented. Although rhythm and blues was the mainstay, Tom the Great Sebastian used to include some of the earliest mento recordings made in Jamaica, helping that genre to become more accepted on the island.
3: And he would play a little jazz now and then, and he would play um, a couple of mento that was like one that was done by Baba Mota in 1952, called Sheep on Top. Let's have a listen.
4: Him on top, she
5: underneath can't jump out.
0: Up with him fist in our mouth. Sir Coxone's Downbeat, affiliated with the eastern edge of Kingston's downtown area, was a hugely popular sound system. It was known for its superior selection and extremely loyal following. The sound was run by Clement Dodd, nicknamed Coxone after an English cricketer. But according to the renowned music producer, Benny Lee, Sir Coxone's downbeat was actually initiated by Clement Dodd's mother, Doris Darlington, back when Manto and Calypso held sway. I want to
5: tell you, Cox's mother was the first woman DJ I remember the first night them was playing down 50 15th Avenue. Our top tune was how we come over the broad water. It was a
0: calypso and singing it. Calypso was the, the rage. David Katz visited 84-year-old Vincent King Edwards, one of the early sound system giants, to learn more about these formative days. Life
6: could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Do.
7: Shaboom. life be dream. If I could take you up in paradise up above Shaboom. If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom,
8: and oh, boom, boom There were three songs Tom, Nicks, and um there was a guy in St. Mary Named Oyl In those days, they used to use the gramophone Some brothers he told me to listen, man. Um, Same boy, the sound system in He told me to buy a 100 watt amplifier fire. And um, we, we gave the sound name Rock and Roll. And the first night I appeared, I have to pack up and go home because I paid last and the sound
2: before was heavier than me. As Edwards explained, there were distinctions between sounds based uptown and downtown, reflecting Jamaica's stratified society.
8: Well, 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 when I came into it, it was Nix. Nick's, and Tom was on top. You, you have a kind of category in Jamaica, socially and otherwise, economically otherwise. And Tom was more sophisticated. Nick's was more for the little man, you understand?
2: The distinction became more noticeable once Tom the Great Sebastian moved out of the downtown area.
8: It was a social divide. You understand what I mean? It's a, a kind of prejudice.
2: In Jamaica, a sound system's popularity is measured by the size of its following, and to maintain a loyal crowd, you need records to play that no one else can get. The song we are hearing is Willis Jackson's Later for the Gator, played regularly in Jamaica by Sir Coxon, who retitled the tune Coxon's Hop. No other sound system could locate this instrumental, and Sir Coxon ruled the dances with it for years. When I visited Monty Blake of Maritone Sound System, he told me more about how the sound systems obtained such crucial records early on.
1: Yes, uh, you know, like a lot of Jamaicans went up to work on farms or thing, and then they come, they would bring records. Like when they came down on these boats that used to come down, used to sell records to us and other people. So we got records from that sources, from friends up there. We always got records. And the tragedy of all of that was that sometimes your record would come through the to the post office. And the, your favorite record, never
2: failed it, it broke
1: it. <laughs> so you have to use crazy Glue and yeah, put it back together until another one comes, you
2: know. Established in 1950 by Winston Blake Sr., Maritone was the first sound system in the parish of St. Thomas, and it remains Jamaica's longest running set today. A very important thing
1: about the sound system of the day too is that most of the guys who had sound system, they were like purveyors, they had liquor stores. And the sound system was just another part. When you go to them, you get the lick of the sound system, the chairs, the table and everything.
2: Monty says his older brothers convinced their father to start the sound after encountering the V-Rocket sound system in Kingston.
1: On the way to school every day or from school, they used to stay at the bus stop and they would hear the sound system. His name was V-Rocket playing music and that mesmerized them, it just was in awe. And I went to spoke. To, I spoke to this guy and you know, about the music he was playing. And the guy said, "Why don't you tell your dad to start a sound system over in
2: Morant Bay?" At his shop in the business district of Halfway Tree in Kingston, the veteran singer and producer Derek Harriet has fond memories of V Rocket too. One of my first inspiration with a sound system that I liked
9: was a song called V Rocket, and one of the things that is very memorable. With V-Rocket, is there's a certain song that he used to play at a certain hour. I found it very unique because when it came to midnight, he played a song called Midnight. Midnight. I can't understand the part. Da 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 da. Midnight. When it's midnight. Look out for that song. Midnight, i another day of you.
2: The tune Harriet sang us is Margie Day and the Griffin Brothers' R&B rendition of Red Foley's 1952 country hit, Midnight, written by Budlow Bryant and Chet Atkins. This sleepy heartbreaker reminds that early Jamaican sound systems played a heavy mix of American music. Meanwhile, the Edwards brothers soon had the edge in Western Kingston due to an unbeatable supply of exclusive rhythm and blues records acquired on trips to the United States. Jumping songs like Joe Liggins' Rhythm in the Barnyard, part two.
8: I had something where Neither Coxon nor Duke other. I went to America, I have access there, and I used
2: to go to Philadelphia, take ground bus to every state. Coxon also made his own trips to the States, but they weren't always as fruitful because Edwards had often hit the key record stores first. Coxon is a shark, you know. He
8: told somebody one time, Boy, every store to America, them say, a dark man
2: coming already and and, treat. and when they go, them can't find nothing. Edwards says he was not seeking current hits on his crate digging trips to the States. Instead, he and his competitors were looking for obscure oldies, rare records that specifically appealed to the distinctive tastes of Jamaican dance fans.
8: The music that we were dealing with here were made long before. The war from five coming up. But it didn't reach Jamaica. With and the record at that time was so important. And the sound that if Duke have a record and I don't have it, I am going to get frappable play against him. Because what used to happen? You write to a, a, a record shop and you say you want this and that. They said, no, we don't have it. We don't know it. So what I was doing, what I couldn't do, I buy a record player and I travel with it. And I hook it up in the shop, and I will spend two days in that town playing records. Got good news for
1: you,
2: baby, the wolf is gone from our front door.
1: Got good news for you, baby,
2: the wolf is gone from our front door. To stop rival sound systems from locating a top tune, the labels would often be removed from the records and even renamed in an effort to retain exclusives.
8: In them days when I have a tune, I scrape it off. All the tune that we had that was on top was secret. That's why Coxon had one five years ago, so I couldn't find it. <laughs> because him gave a different name that is popular. We call it sweet steak, you call
2: it red wine, you call it all kind of name, you know. Blues number Got Good News For You Baby by Johnny Perry was known as Sweepstakes, a regular staple of Coxson's selections. Now that I'm sitting pretty, goodbye to the installment plan. The tune was so rare that it forced King Edwards and Duke Reed to join forces before they could dethrone Coxson by finally obtaining it.
8: We, um, because I tell you something, we couldn't play without the streets here. cops are going to kill us. And we leave here and we went to New Orleans, Duke and myself. And we leave from New Orleans to Houston. From Houston to San Antonio, to California. we got Beverly Hills, we go got Imperial, City, all of them. We went down to Pico Street. And the first place I go
2: into, <laughs> the first one I pick up. And I say, yes, Duke, it's it the secret weapon was unleashed at a sound clash with Sir Coxon, held at Jubilee Tile Gardens. And the night at Jubilee, from Nass Street
8: to Boot Avenue, people like dirt. i never forget that night. man. in the morning. gonna
1: the bill.
2: During an era when Jamaica had a minute music industry, the sound system entrepreneurs began pressing clandestine copies of rare American tunes. made a contact in Philadelphia with a guy who, they
8: were um, record shop at Lancaster, Avenue. You know. And then Mr. Baldwin now, who was in South Philly, showed me that, well, you can print them, you know. So what well, I used to do, when I find one, <laughs> I print 500. Well, it was not straightforward business, but I set it up no way then you
2: couldn't hold me for nothing. In addition to yielding lucrative record sales, such tactics could also take the edge off the competition. So what happened now,
8: when Reed and myself did that tour, we found about ten of Cox's tunes. So you know what we did? We pressed them, let them go to everybody. Because in those days, if every man played a tune, it's not big. But if I have one where you can't play, then I'm big.
0: with Bongo Chance, a very popular record on Jamaica's sound systems. By the mid-1950s, sound systems dominated in Kingston, and it wasn't long before sound system culture spread through Britain's growing Jamaican immigrant communities. Vincent Forbes and Wilburn Campbell stored themselves away on a banana boat and re-emerged in London as Duke Vin and Count Sockle. They founded the first sound systems in Britain and held the first sound clash circa 1958 at Lambeth Town Hall in Brixton. But cold weather made such events an indoor phenomenon in the UK, and the environment, well, was hostile. A house party played by Vin in Ladbroke Grove was firebombed by racists who wanted to keep the neighborhood white. Nevertheless, sound systems took root in Britain, remaining part of the fabric of society ever since.
7: I saw feeling on the beach on Sunday morning, once a call to sing the damn to give it out mm-hmm. is warm. On
0: the beach. Back in Jamaica, sound system culture continued to grow, but the music was changing. The rhythm and blues favored in Jamaica became harder to find, due partly to the rise of rock and roll. So sound system entrepreneurs began recording their own R&B-styled
2: music with local musicians. Initially, these songs were reserved on demonstration acetates, known as soft wax or dub plates. But demand for the songs became so great that the sound system owners began releasing them on 45s, kickstarting the Jamaican music industry proper. Theophilus Beckford's Easy Snap-In is a prime example. Sir Coxon, Prince Buster, and King Edwards all moved into record production, and as the island's independence movement gathered steam, Jamaican rhythm and blues morphed into ska, all helped by sound system exposure. The role of the sound system in helping Lollipop Girl, the debut of his group, The Jiving Juniors, to become a hit. Harriet says the group cut a version of the song at the small demo studio opened by pioneering mental producer Stanley Motto. Harriet then gave the recording to a sound system as an exclusive dub plate. Fun never heard. Yeah, that's a song that did it first. It was really amazing.
9: You see, that song created so much, time. the people loved and grabbed.
2: Grabbed and it so much. The song was so popular that Duke Reed asked Harriet to re-record it for him, delaying its official release until sufficient demand was stimulated by his sound system.
9: He held it for months. It was such a big money thing. It treasured the sound that was made, everybody went mad over it, you know? And after, I think, about six months, they decided to meet lollipop she. She's so sweet. She, my girl when we kiss, she makes
2: me Michael Martin, aka Mikey Faith, began running the Emperor Faith Sound System in the mid-1960s. Yeah, the
4: sound system is a very important part in the um, selling of the music, you know, because what happened is that. Those music wasn't playing on the radio hardly, you know, I mean, at first, well, I mentioned the top 10, so those are on the uh, the thing, but uh, the the sound systems, they actually took the music and, and, and broadcast it and promoted it. And then after it started to get popular now, they would release it.
0: As sound system culture evolved, the role of the DJ became more important. You're
5: coming from town, your face turned to this sound. On your way up or on your way down, I want to stop at this station for identification. So
0: everybody... In the early days, one man served every function. He would select the records and make remarks between songs. But that soon changed. There named Bunny Lee says Count Machuki began using a sort of jive talk to add excitement to the dance.
5: Machuki was good. He used with the man start toasting over the record and say, I will use of a praise. Uh, Since I can't shake all your hands and see your face, I'm going to send out my soul to greet you. Uh, pure rhyme, you know. You need a fight. You better get tight And don't be a square,
3: cause it's warfare.
0: Sir Lord Comic was another outstanding early pioneer. Come on, you cats, get up! You're
10: going
5: Ah, Lord Comic was on King Edward's
0: number one song. Machuki, Comic, and other microphone chanters like King Stitt were called DJs, while disc jockeys became known as selectors two different figures with distinctly separate roles. Later still, the operator would be responsible for manning the sound system's components. This Sunday,
1: all roads lead to the Gold Coast Beach for a well-charged jam session on the beach. Then and here is a dancing to his Mike Lester Cox's round beat. And I-Kings took the first
2: for the control. Ska's revival of the big band format in the newly independent Jamaica of the early 1960s made live bands more important again. But the sound systems continued to play a key role in the music's development. DJs now began employing peps, a kind of abstract rhythmic vocalization, to help spur dancers on. When Clement Dodd opened Studio One in late 1963, Sir Coxon's downbeat became the place for breaking material by Dodd's upcoming artists, including Bob Marley and the Whalers. I am the original Wheeler, Bonnie Wheeler. The inimitable Bunny Whaler, who I visited in a Kingston suburb. His house is filled with colorful Rastafari memorabilia and mementos of his long career. Well, sound system is one. In those days, you had Duke Reed, Prince
5: Buster, one, But we were one artists. Yeah, the Whalers. You now we recorded for Coxon. Coxon was my sound the one to me was and still is the best sound system.
2: <laughs> Number one, you know. Across the Atlantic, ska and Rocksteady also took hold in Britain, largely through sound system exposure. The West End residencies enjoyed by Duke Finn and Count Suckle made Jamaican music a focus of mod subculture.
3: Deep will say, these sounds lead the way. It's the order of the day from your boss DJ, I King State. Hopped it from the top to the very last drop!
2: The new reggae style took Jamaica by storm in late 1968 as a fast-paced dance music led by a shuffling organ. And as usual, sound systems were crucial in brokering the music's acceptance. Then, an accidental sound system innovation made DJ music more important, launching the phenomenon of the dub version B-side. It happened at Duke Reed's Treasure Isle studio one night, when Ruddy Redwood of the Spanish town-based Supreme Ruler of Sound was cutting some exclusive acetates with the engineer Byron Smith, known as Smithy. Bunny Lee explains.
5: All the version thing is really started, you know. Him cut a double and them in. I think, was that tune with Jan Holt on the beach. And when him go to Spanish Town and play it, man, about 20 or 30 times. And the people, them start singing the songs. Holding hands together and laughing. In the and all, then we dance, dance, dance.
2: Also present that night was Osborne Ruddock, an electronics technician who ran a sound system of his own, the legendary King Tubby's hometown hi-fi. Tubby then began using voiceless rhythms to make space for his star DJ, U-Roy, to toast over in a far more fluid way. Tubby's protege explains the process.
6: Yeah, well, you're, you're now tuned to King Jamis, you know. <laughs> we used to do work for Duke Reed, fixes electronic work, fixes amplifiers, and things like that. So, Duke Reed, Tubby's would take pay by cutting dub at Duke Reed. So, Queen Majesty and all them songs with Duke Reed used to have the mid song, used to get the rhythms, get the vocal, and then get the rhythm. So, King Tubby's was one of the first song. Um, that DJ started DJ on the rhythm side of the song. So King Tubbies used to play the, the, the vocals, you were introduced to vocals and then when the vocals finished they play back the version and he would talk over the version. So this was a new thing coming in. You know, that that draw more people to the dance.
2: King Tubby opened his own front room studio in 1969. It was a tiny overdubbing and mixing facility specifically used for making dub. The dub B-side helped the DJ to become as important as any singer, and it all happened through the culture of the sound system. King Tubby's sound was a site of innovation since the early 60s, when he introduced echo and reverb to the public. His sound system developed fast. Because
6: it wasn't like the old sounds like juke and those sounds. It was a more modern sound system with delay, echo and reverb and those things. He invented
2: those things and sound systems. Jammy left Jamaica for Toronto in 1969 and soon shook up the sound system scene there. In New York, Prince Buster's associate Lloyd Barnes established Bowacky's Disco. Both would later become important record producers. Sound System Culture was going international.
0: Coming up, Jamaica's political transformation brings changes to the island's sound systems. And be sure to visit Afropop.org for more on the history of Jamaican sound system culture. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Turbulent political divisions that split Jamaica during the 1970s had dramatic repercussions to the wider society, as supporters of the leftist People's National Party, or PNP, battled
2: those of the right-wing Jamaican Labour Party, or JLP. Jamaica's recorded music and its sound systems reflected these internecine struggles. Here's Sonia Stanley Naya, current head of the Institute of Caribbean Studies and author of the book Dancehall From Slave Ship to Ghetto.
11: The urban space is a very complex space in Jamaica. There are areas that are considered to be ghettos, inner city communities, but more importantly, some of them are garrison communities and garrison communities are characterized by alternative forms of leadership around political gangs, around area leaders controlling particular areas, that are sanctioned by the major political parties in Jamaica. So the People's National Party, being one major political party, the Jamaica Labour Party, have both, over the period of several decades, had political strongholds led by area leaders. Now, that itself is reflected in downtown. There are area leaders who are putting on events in communities. There are communities That are run by particular area leaders that don't offer an invitation to other kinds of communities run by other area leaders. So there is there are some areas it's it's very difficult to just walk into a community for a dance event. Living
1: in this land it is pure confusion. all oh, I see is pure
3: frustration life, dread, not the, dread, not the Congo. We cannot walk the streets of night in peace Dread, black, dread, not, the, dread, not the Congo From your dread, they are saying
10: that you are the thieves Dread, life, dread, not the, dread not the Congo.
2: As Jamaican society became more starkly divided dread, along Congo. political lines, sound system DJs began addressing such divisions in their rhymes, celebrating the people's resilience in the process. Professor Carolyn Cooper, author of Sound Clash, Jamaican Culture at Large, told us more.
7: Well, DJs on the microphone will talk about social and political issues. You know, if you go to a dance, people will big up the the successful people. And in a way, bigging up success is a kind of... Affirmation of the need to, to step up in life and so on. And it's also a recognition of how difficult it can be sometimes to step up in life, you know. So on the mic, the DJs will talk about these um, struggles for
0: survival. In our long-standing research on reggae and dancehall, Professor Cooper
7: highlights the music oppositional stance. If you think of Jamaican history, you realize that we're a society that is founded on exploitation. We start off in a society that is fundamentally unjust. And Jamaica was one of the places with the highest number of rebellions in the Caribbean, perhaps even in the Americas. We refused to accept the identity of slave. You have a society then where Many of the reggae songwriters and the dancehall DJs come out of impoverished circumstances and their music becomes a medium through which they can chant down Babylon, that Rastafari metaphor for systems of injustice, locally and globally.
2: But participating in sound system culture could be dangerous during an era marked by heavy state repression. Sound system personnel in Kingston often faced aggression from police and soldiers. Here's Sonia Stanley Nye.
11: And I recall Uroy telling me a story about his own involvement in the dance hall scene. You know, he's still involved, but he's much older nowadays. But in the 1970s, when he was playing with King Toby's sound system, that was a very interesting period because then the clashes between the state and the participants of dance hall, those clashes were very pronounced. And of course, King Tubby's hi-fi at the time had the reputation of being the sound system that all the bad boys follow. So the police were very quick to try to round up any kind of criminal elements they saw. King
0: Jammy says such hostile police action had long been commonplace. He recalled one time that the police disrupted a King Tubby dance.
6: Tubby's were supposed to play at Alan lawn at Seaward Drive and Olympic Way. So we move the sound to the dance hall and string up and start to play. Some police came along. No dance can't keep here tonight, you know. You have to lock off the sound. So the promoter said, all right, we can move it to a different area then. So we pack up the sound back on the truck and move it to Marvel. And we went to Marvel in the middle of the night. You ride DJ, dance, ram up with people and everything. There comes the police. Boom, just came in and start chop up the wires. Match up the have wife run, you ride, run, jump fence. Me follow you ride, run, jump fence, and police them chop up the and dance done. Button lick up the amplifier and broke up some tube and thing like that.
2: Turf wars related to political alignment could have drastic repercussions for sound system personnel. Joss Stitch got his start on the esteemed Tipper Tone with fellow DJs Big Youth and Dr. Alamantado plus ace selector Wise. The sound was based in an area of downtown Kingston, ruled by the PNP-affiliated Spanglers gang. But when Stitch formed the rival Black Harmony set in 1975 and moved to a JLP district, members of the Spanglers took exception.
8: There was a dispute between Spanglers and Black Harmony. So then I said, stop, hear the sound. I said, we can't stop, hear
0: the song. I'm going to turn back so, same time shot me. Although he was shot in the face, Stitch miraculously survived. He emerged after four months in hospital with a portion of his mouth removed and voiced the defiant hit, No Dread Can't Dead. <laughs>
2: In the late 70s, the King Attorney sound system was renamed Socialist Roots by a PNP activist, shifting its focus. Uroy then established King Sturgav in the heart of a JLP garrison. But most sound systems avoided overt political alignment. Jostich says his sound had no political affiliation and suggests that most others were neutral.
8: Yeah, the sound system was not a politic sound. We play for anybody. Oh, my son or no. Mizarastama, me, me never have war my band. Me been going to
2: Noel Harper, alias Papajaro, founded the Kilimanjaro sound system in 1969. He says remaining non-partisan has helped keep his sound system in demand to the present day.
10: There were some sound system who, you know, was kinda of politically aligned. But I made it my duty not to align myself because uh, we live in a, a democratic country.
0: It wasn't just politics that forced sound systems into opposing camps. Dr. Dennis Howard, author of Ranting from Inside the Dance Hall, says the most important difference was the type of music they played. You had sounds that never played any dance hall or played any rocksteady or reggae. They played total American music. And some, they played mostly American music and British music and a little Jamaican music. And then you had the sounds that never played any foreign music. So, Tipper Tone, Emperor of Fate, Socialist Roots, just to name a few, those were sounds that just played straight Jamaican music.
2: Meanwhile, over in the UK, the sound system was becoming a more pan-Caribbean, Black-British phenomenon.
7: Yeah. In sense, you gotta give
2: some the British sound systems like Saxon Studio forged further innovation with the fast chat style. Papa Levi's Me God Me King became the first record by a British MC to top the Jamaican
7: charts. I write for the dancing, make a me too. He fight, we sit in a school. No black me brown, me brown, no black me rip the my chest, miss finding my back. Choose pocket, buggy up to swallow rap, but rigged a me chat. Cap on a, buck, a book, no back at the pop, I know the back of my beers and table at that. We act, don't go, cool, let go. Act. Ye can, ye sharp, sharp, sharp. No anti-electricity can give your shot. Shot for the mouse, no, 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 no rippin' no on rap. Start for the bottom, we reach to the top. Eat thought the not they crack they pop, they pop. me rolling the toilet, if got the crap. Me younger again. But no eat that snack come from yeah, you been a score no fat. Give me a dread, be edit no plaque, no living at ones, been living up A lot of me with this
0: Overseas sound system culture was now impacting its Jamaican homeland. Yet, the island's sound systems continue to be crucial in nurturing new talent.
10: Give me the morning ride Give me the morning ride Give me the morning ride
9: Give me the morning
10: Here's Papajero. We used to have a popular location in Harford tree by the name of Skateland. And that was one of the venues that we would play a whole lot. And artists used to gather there just to showcase their new songs. Because in those days they used to have even um, record producers who would come to those events and listen to some of the young artists. And if they hear artists that sound promising,
2: they may take them one side and offer deals. In late 1985, sound system culture was completely transformed when King Jammy clashed with Black Scorpio in Kingston.
6: just took up the mic and said, right now, we have an exclusive music for most of the dancehall and we'll put on sling thing, that was it. <laughs> so I you couldn't turn on back. <laughs> that was it, man. Well, that was a great thing because it just parachuted everything upwards because, like people were waiting for that change a long time ago.
1: Oh,
2: The Casio-driven slang-tang changed the way that music was produced in Jamaica. Stripped-down rhythms dominated by synthesizers became the new norm in dancehall, with DJs like Lieutenant Stitchy, Admiral Bailey, Supercat, Tenor Saw, and Shabarank's The New Stars. By the mid-1980s, drawing from the hip-hop and disco
0: production techniques, Stone Love devised the juggling format where songs were mixed together seamlessly. of the Bass Odyssey sound system says that in the following years juggling made live DJs less important.
4: So the Stone Loves and the Geminis and some of them they used to more juggle the songs. They played the reggae, the dance, all the hip-hop and and they were able to keep their crowds and it was more of a money spending crowd. So the business was leaning towards that more at that time, and only maybe the songs like Kilimanjaro and Jack Ruby mainly had those live DJs with Bobby culture and all that, at that time. As dancehall eclipsed roots reggae in
0: Jamaica, hardcore themes of sexually explicit slackness and the graphic violence of gun talk became more prominent, and Rastafari content waned.
2: Some British Roots fans started to take matters into their own hands Cutting low-budget underground records Aligned with the traditional reggae values of the past In an effort to keep Roots music alive
0: Shaka, As the great warrior as the leading British sound systems tried to adapt to the new dancehall style, the veteran sound system operator, Ja Shaka, kept the roots reggae and dub flags perpetually flying. Shaka's son, Young Warrior, explains.
7: Shaka is a name which is kind of the staple when you're talking about UK reggae and you, especially UK dub music. Most of the big sounds that you know out there in the UK had diverted, and he refused to divert.
2: When dub albums ceased to be produced in Jamaica, fans in Britain began producing homemade electro-dub reggae in tiny bedroom studios. Drawing on Shaka's method of playing his root sound system, the UK Stepper style was born as a new chapter of sound system culture.
0: While sound systems in Jamaica were increasingly looking to American rap for inspiration, UK steppers went on to influence many other forms of electronic dance music.
7: So people going to Shaka events and taking that inspiration, where they came up with their jungle, they come up with even deeper dance music, deeper uh, techno music. That all came from him and it came from what he was kind of pushing out there.
2: Some European sound systems look to Jamaica, while others draw their greatest inspiration from Joshaka style. Stuttgart Sentinel and Rome's One Love High Power model themselves after traditional Jamaican sound systems, while Rouen's Blackboard Jungle, Barcelona's light, and many other European sets are firmly grounded in the UK stepper style. The sound systems of Latin America have also drawn from the stepper's blueprint, with Rio's digital dubs a prime example. Dynamic new hybrids have resulted when local styles like samba and cumbia are blended with Jamaican dub elements. But as sound systems became more widespread overseas, Dr. Donna Hope, author of Inadi Dance Dancehall, says their status began to wane at home.
11: And in today's Jamaica, sound systems um, play a far different role than they played at the outset because of the way that I think modern technology has provided opportunities for musicians and artists to be seen and heard without having to depend on the kind of structures that sound systems and their, you know, broader infrastructure um, arenas provide. Stone Loves,
0: Rory Gilligan agrees. Back in the day, you know, I mean, like, attendance figures were like seven, eight hundred, depending on the venue, a uh, thousand people, if I street dance. Now
2: it's down to three hundred going to every party. The actual sound system culture, I don't see how it can revive the dreaded Noise Abatement Act of 1997 made it illegal for sound systems to play after midnight on weekdays and 2 a.m. on weekends, curtailing sound system activity in Jamaica. Here's Sonia stanley Nyer.
11: The Noise Abatement Act and the way in which the state has dealt with performance practices such as dancehall has been totally deleterious because we've, on the one hand, said we want to have Kingston as an entertainment destination, as an entertainment capital, but On the other hand, killing the very elements that would encourage that capital developing. We have, as a country, put a noose around dance hall in very many ways.
2: Despite the challenges it faces in contemporary Jamaica, sound system culture has permeated every corner of the globe. Germany alone now has over 500 sound systems, and Japan reportedly has the largest number of any nation outside Jamaica. Yokohama's mighty crown, the first non-Jamaican sound system to win the coveted world clash, draws 40,000 loyal fans at their yearly anniversary events. After a successful crowdfunding campaign, the singer and selector Taru Dalmia alias Delhi Sultanate, launched the Bass Foundation Roots Sound System in 2016 in an effort to introduce sound system culture to India. He uses the sound to support grassroots activism, as heard at this May Day event, held in Delhi's Independent Square, in solidarity with hunger-striking students.
4: Today, I'm going to play you songs from Jamaica to salute the students that are on hunger strike against... This unjust system! India at the moment, like much of the world, is, is undergoing a very difficult, kind of very repressive, you can say fascist kind of period. There's extreme repression, man. Like authors have been killed, you know, musicians are being thrown in jail. Like in times like these, I felt like the sound system for us is like a weapon, you know?
0: The African continent has also embraced sound system culture, as Papajaro discovered.
10: In Nairobi, I saw one of the largest crowd. The promoter estimated that that dancehall event have been about 50,000 people. It was mostly our sound playing, but they had two local sounds too.
2: Gentrification has also posed a threat to sound systems in many nations. There are now fewer available venues in Kingston, London, New York, and elsewhere. But it's not all bad news in the sound system's place of origin. After decades of dormancy, King Jammy's sound system has been reactivated. I think it
6: was about 20 years ago, I don't, I never play like physically with my boxes and amplifiers. But now the sound is back on the road. now with a super super power style, much bigger than before, much powerful than before.
0: Bass Odyssey has staged an annual Sound System Festival in their native St. Anne since 2014, celebrating this unique Jamaican
4: innovation. Here is Keith Walford again. What we try to do with the Sound System Festival is to showcase sound systems also from different countries. Last year, um, I think we had Brazil, we had Germany, sound systems from all over. But we have been reaching out to Dan- the dancehall fans out there, all of the fans out there. Anywhere in the world you come from. We want this to be an international event that people look forward to coming to Jamaica to attend to and hear the base Odyssey Sound System Festival.
2: The festival's success is an indication that Jamaica's sound system culture has become embedded in the global consciousness, and it continues to be adapted and celebrated worldwide.
0: Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from Carnegie Hall, presenting Grammy Award winner Yusundur, May 13. Ticket information at CarnegieHall.org. Thanks to everyone who agreed to be interviewed for this program and John Preston for recording assistance. Visit Afropop.org for interviews and more on the evolution of Jamaican sound system culture. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by David Katz and Saxon Baird. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief auto engineer and co producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Greg Altman and Stephanie Lebeau. With assistance from Sebastian Pupnite, Banning Air and CC Smith edit our website apropos.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richman. And I'm Georges Collinet.